Hey everybody, Tyree here with Before I Forget. And for this particular episode, I'm going to give you a language warning. Uh, you'll hear it and you'll know what I'm talking about. Thank you and please enjoy Before I Forget. Hey everybody, Tyree here with Before I Forget with my partner, my boy, my homie, Kevin. Say hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. All right. And we have a special guest today. It's special to me because this is one of my training officers when I was a police officer coming on to the Los Angeles Police Department. Um, I'm sure we're going to get into some stuff, but I... Uh, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'd like to introduce everybody to Andrew Gonzalez. Say hi, Andrew. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on board. I appreciate it, man. I'm looking forward to it. Man, when you re- when you contacted me, I was so happy. I hadn't talked to you in a while. So uh, it just so happens that we're doing the show now. I'm like, we, I got to have him on. He, he's got to come on. I appreciate it, man. I didn't, you know, to be honest, I didn't know. I had no idea that I had had such an impact on you. Um, I knew maybe professionally, but I didn't, I didn't know that it was, it it ran that deep personally. So it, it it really made me happy to know that I had impacted you and affected you that way. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Oh man, no problem. Like you, I'm sure molded a lot of really good officers on this department, on that department. I'm sure. So, okay. So we got a couple of typical questions we ask people and they always lead into longer conversations. So I understand that you were were a part of the military. Is that correct? Yeah. I joined the Marine Corps in 1992 when I was 17 years old, man. The day I graduated high school, my dad put me on a bus and I was gone. Right on, man. I was 17 when I joined the Army. So why did he put you on the bus? What else uh, did you have going on? Or was that it? No, I you know, I grew up in New York City. I grew up in the Bronx. And it was, uh, it was a pretty bad neighborhood, to say the least. And, you know, my brother had been involved in some things. And unfortunately, um, he, you know, he got wrapped up. And and it was just a really bad neighborhood. It's, it was in, in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, when the crack epidemic hit, hit the Bronx, hit New York City really bad. And so as a result of that, I, I really wasn't doing well in school. And my, my dad is a Vietnam veteran. So he said, hey, this, you know, the military could be somewhat of a social safety net. And right now we can't afford to send you anywhere else. So, you know, how about the military? So I said, yeah, sounds like a good idea. I'll join the Navy. He was like, nah, not going to happen. <laughs> so he said, you're going to join the Marine Corps and that's it. But um, that that's pretty much it. You know, he just, it was, a, it was a social safety net and it was a way for me to get out and to build a better future for, for myself. And, and that's what happened. Right on. What was your uh, MOS? What was your job in the Marines? So I initially started as 6144. 
I was a mechanic on Hueys and Cobras, and uh, I went to aviation school in Tennessee, and then, uh, you know, spent some time in Camp Lejeune, then I went to Pendleton, and then from Pendleton, I went to uh, to Okinawa, but I was I was working on helicopters, man. It was pretty cool. It was really cool, actually. Right on. With the helicopters, uh, did you ever expect that you would be doing that in the military when you when you signed up? No, I was always a pretty smart kid, to be honest, and I was pretty good technically and mechanically, mm-hmm. and so I just took to it right away. Um, you know, it, it's a trip, man, because that was really the first time I had engaged with like a white person, to be honest with you, man, like on a personal level, right. That was part of my, 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 um, my growth and stuff. So it it was, it was kind of weird in the beginning, but I I took to it nicely, you know? And so, um, yeah, it was cool. It was good, man. Yeah. You know, more often than not, uh, especially even when I was in the infantry, I mean, going through shit at Fort Benning, it was the same thing. You know, people hadn't worked with some races or hadn't even seen some races in some cases. So it's pretty crazy that that actually yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah. I love white people right now. I'm just saying, I love, I love, I love all people. Yeah, we're, we're nice to have around sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. 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 Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah. I, I joke about it, man, but it's, it's a serious thing because, you know, growing up in the inner city like that, like it's almost ingrained in you. Um, not that it becomes innate in you, but it's almost like you're taught to be, well, I don't want to say, I don't want to speak generally, but you know, when I was growing up, it was very divisive, man. It is not cool. It wasn't cool at all. That, that That's a learned behavior. So I'm glad that it didn't stick with me, you know? Yeah, that's for, that's for real though. So I, I grew up <clears throat> similarly, but the opposite, like, around a bunch of white folk like we I mean obviously like we had some other folks here and there um but like in high school for example like we had you know the asian community regardless of their country of origin or nationality or whatever they all still stuck together and then um that was really it like we had a handful of hispanic folk and then a handful of black folk and, and they pretty much all stuck to each other and nobody ever really intermingled but like you know the bulk of us were white folks so like like you said like that was your first time really encountering or um whatever with 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 white people like like Tyree was probably my my first real like like you know true black friend you know what I mean I was like because I was just floored I don't know if you remember Tyree but like when I found out you were from Inglewood I was like the the place from the songs like like that like that they rap about that's that's a real fucking place that's crazy I'm like that's crazy look at me in the flesh Right in front. Yeah, like holy shit. <laughs> they, make, they make us. We're real. You yeah. people are real. Yeah. What do you mean, you people? What do you? Yeah. What the fuck? So, um, yeah. Moving man, on. Yeah. And right? moving on. It's it's crazy how you know that more or less is probably going to be the 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 reality of a lot of uh, people in the in the military. Uh, depending, yeah, sure. depending on the That's job. That's why the military is beautiful, man. I'm sorry, Tyree. Go ahead, brother. No, no, I'm good. Go ahead. I was going to say that's the beautiful thing about the military, man. That Right. It dispels all the rumors and, and all the because, you know, what, man, I, I'm not going to get on a, down a rabbit hole here. But like and and some may object to this perspective, but over the course of, you know, my short time here on this planet, I I I feel like humans are not inherently good. 
right? Like we have to be taught to be good and kind and loving, right? Because, you know, you teach kids not to hit, not to bite, not to steal, not to pinch, not to eat bad things, not to, you know, it's a constant reminder. And when they, as they progress through their young life and even adolescent life, there's this constant correcting of behavior. And then when we come into adulthood, this is caught, there's this constant correcting of behavior. Like, man, I thought we were all inherently good, that it was innate in us to be good, but I, I'm not sure if that's the case anymore, man. After being a cop for, you know, 20 plus years, I'm like, man, I, I don't think that's the case. I think there's this, there's this constant need to either self-correct or correct the people that you love to kind of keep them on track. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if, if I'm talking on my ass here, but no, I get I, it though. Um, but I, I would not necessarily to not like, I, I would almost argue to say like, that may, maybe it's more of a um, a primitive response, so like instinctual response. Because when you think of like an animal in the wild, if somebody, you know, encroaches on their area, then they have to defend as they do or whatever. But like, and we're just we're just mammals, right? Like, really, uh, that's all we are. Take away our ability to reason, and we're just that's that's it, right? We're animals. Yeah. yeah. Um. <clears throat> so maybe 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 it's maybe that's what it is. Is like from an early age, we're just we don't have that that logic and that reason ability. Um, so it has to be taught like, you know, nature versus nurture. Um, and the folks that you guys have to deal with, um, while being police officers are those people that were just never taught wrong. So where nurture failed and nature prevailed. Yeah, I, I, I could, I could align with you on that. I, but, but I'm, I'm stuck on. Yeah. And maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's, it's just a byproduct of of the of the things that I've had to live with or see, um, but I don't know. I'm in conflict with that a little bit. Yeah. Maybe it's something that I have to unpack further and kind of uh, well, you know reconcile with myself. Well, and, and and thinking about what I just said, like I think I'm I'm kind of also kind of arguing your point with you because I mean because you think about it, it really is nature versus nurture, right? Like I mean, teaching people, teaching children to not do this and not do that, don't do this, it's bad, it's wrong, don't put your hand on the thing, don't bite that kid. I had to learn that lesson actually. Yeah, um, but, I was I was a biter. Well, oh well, but I mean, but like you, you're right though. It is, I guess it does come down to nature versus nurture. So like that's really what it is. Is like. If you're not teaching, like, yeah, you, but you, what makes a good man, Tyree? Like, yeah, I, I there was a bit of a pause there, but like, yeah, if you think yeah. I'll ask both of you guys, like, what makes a good man? I think the answer is really simple, and mm-hmm. I'm not the one that came up with this, you know, and I won't take credit for it. But a good man is is a man who's capable of of completely heinous things, but who has it completely under control, because right. it's all within us, right? That's what makes a good man. Dude, we're all capable of doing some nasty shit, and we've seen it in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, both in the military and, and, and as cops, like men are capable of some really fucking crazy shit, but yeah. the ability to, to harness that and put it away and only bring it out when you need to. I think that that's what makes a good human being. That's what makes a good man. You know? Right. I agree. So, that makes yeah. sense to me. Like I can attest, like, uh, you see really bad things in combat, like, but you expect it. When you're a police yeah. officer, it's it's fucking random. Any at any given time, you you're gonna roll up onto something that's just fucking crazy, and you have to sift through it and protect yourself and protect your partner and get communication out. 
and coordinate this whole thing while the world's falling apart around me, literally. That's how it is sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then you have to try to deal with that after it's over. Like, you are so revved up and pumped. You can probably run through a building on fire and yeah. come out fine, but you have to turn that off now because... No, yeah. I, I, I like... So I was never a cop, right? But, like, um, obviously supportive of the, the good guys that are out there um, yeah. and gals. But um, I think one thing that, like, whenever... You know, the whole defund the police thing was going on. Everybody was like mad at police or social media was mad at police or whatever. Um, <clears throat> I think the one thing that like the one positive note that came out of all of that, that like you would see like recurring posts on social media about it was like when you get pulled over by a cop, right? It's like I was speeding. I was go- clearly going over the speed limit. I'm clearly in the wrong, but I'm going to sit there and argue with him because he's ruining my day. I have no idea what that officer just came from. You know, it could have been um, something bad or traumatic. Um, And here I am just being a flat out asshole. And uh, you know what I mean? And like, I'm, you know, and I'm being testy with this guy. And like, as a police officer, you have to like maintain that composure and be professional and you're only human. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that, brother. (laughs) But, you know, here's the thing too, like, and I'm just going to keep it 100% real, bro, because I, I came from both sides, right? Like I grew up in the street, I, not in the street, but I grew up in, 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 a, in a really bad neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, and I, when I was a cop, man, I worked in a really bad neighborhood. But here's the thing, man, like, and even as veterans, you can say whatever the fuck you want, right? Like every, every individual person here has the right to take a position on whatever it is they want to take a position on. Right. And if people are upset about some of the shit that some knucklehead cops are doing, they have every right to be pissed off. But you know what? As a cop, I got to take that shit and I got to take it with a fucking smile because, you know, because if I don't want to take it anymore, being a cop is a choice. I can walk mm-hmm. away from that shit. And that's what some of these people forget. And then when I say people, I mean cops like, bro, you don't have to be there. Right. right? Like nobody's forcing you to say, oh, man, I got to deal with this shit every day at work. <laughs> Boo hoo, motherfucker. Like, yeah. so if you don't like it, leave. You know what I'm saying? And like at the same in the same breath where you don't know what a cop is dealing with, what he may what he or she may have seen throughout the day, man, I have no idea what this guy is dealing with the guy that I pulled over. You know what I'm saying? Like so I gotta treat that dude with with the utmost dignity, respect, kindness, and compassion because here's the thing, dude, it's gonna sound corny, but love and hate cannot exist in the same place. Right. After a certain time, that dude's gonna get tired of motherfucking you. And you just gotta eat it. And if you let that shit get to you, your, your shit's fucking weak sauce. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and, I, I mean, that's just me, bro. Like, I'm just uh, yeah, I, No, I agree, man. I, no, and I, I'll say that, like, that even extends outside of that that particular interaction, right? Like, if I'm at the grocery store and the cashier's being an asshole, if I, or if I'm at the park and, you know, somebody's being, you know, a loud asshole, or I'm being the asshole, like, that, that, that same kind of courtesy of, like, giving them the benefit of the doubt, maybe they're just having a shitty day. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that applies in all scenarios. Um, and I think a lot of people do forget that. It's a, uh, it's a lot. It's wild. Yeah, it is, man. It's, it's strange because like, I don't know, man, my position is always going to be the same. We get paid to deal with that shit. And when cops would tell me, man, that fucking dude pissed me off or like, man, I'm having a bad day. Okay. Yeah. You can have a bad day, dude, but that shit ends the minute you contact somebody else. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? You got to put that shit away and, and fucking suck it up. 
because it's nobody's fault that the other dude treated you like a fucking asshole. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and I only say that, man, because I, I got, I got the shit kicked out of me by the police when I was young. And now that I'm a civilian, keep it real, man. Some, some cops really fucking pissed me off. You know what I'm saying? Word. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, some of these motherfuckers talk to me like I'm some knucklehead and shit. And I'm like, man, fuck you. Like, I got, I've been through some shit in my life. I've been in shootings. I've had to shoot at people, right? People have shot at me. Motherfuckers have tried to execute me. But so, like, I don't appreciate you talking to me like I'm some knucklehead because I got a shaved head and tattoos and I'm some Hispanic dude. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it really is like, you just got to fucking be a man. You got to, you got to suck that shit up and you got to do the right thing because there, it's always time to do the right thing. Always, dude. And, and some people forget that shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let me let me ask you a question then. Uh, um, as a as a former officer and uh, and then yeah. you know the current civilian, and coming from your upbringing, so yeah. Let's say you know you're Joe Schmo on the street, and you're you know driving a car and you get pulled over, yeah. um, and you're you, right? So you said yeah. you know bald, shaved head, and tattoos, Hispanic dude, and yeah. you do get that cop that's being shitty, right? Yeah. And just being an outright fucking cocksucker to you. Yeah. Like, what 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 do you do now? You know? Me personally. I, I just take it because, because nobody wins in that situation, bro. Yeah. Like, like if I mouth off to the guy, he's going to do some shit and I'll probably end up dead, bro. I'm going to keep it real. Mm-hmm. Like if he's a youngster and he, and he fucking, and he takes it personal and he put, he puts hands on me, it's going to be all bad. Right. So yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take a deep breath and I'm going to say, God, you got to give me patience because like, I'm just, I'm just dealing with something right now and I can't take it. So I'm right. gonna I'm gonna give it to you so you can deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, bro. I'm not about talking shit to these guys because mm. it's gonna be all bad. Like I'm gonna get tasered. Oh, man. Or I'm gonna get I'm gonna get I'm gonna get I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get socked up. Right. Yeah, yeah. The hive is it's coming. not worth it, bro. You know? Yeah. So okay. So what uh what made you join LAPD? I, my, I was tired of seeing my family victimized. You know, my my brother got involved heavily into fucking narcotics. My uncle used to offer me heroin when I was sitting in a car next to him. He's an asshole. Um, you know, they, they these gangsters, when I was a kid, man, they used to force me to hold fucking crack vials in my mouth, right? Jeez. And and, and they, I used to get fucking pistol whipped and beat up. I, dude, I, I'm telling you, bro, like, I was so, so ready to be the change. And that was it. That was the motivating factor. That was it right there. I want to become a cop because I want to be part I want to be the voice for, for the people that don't have one. Right. And, um, and so that was it. It's nothing, nothing sexy. I was just like, man, I'm, I'm over this. I'm over, you know, being victimized and, and I'm not, I'm not willing to just sit by and, and let it continue to happen and then not be part of the solution or not be the voice for people that don't have one. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I did it. That's why I joined the police department, man. But, but it took a turn. It took a really bad turn for me. And, um, and I'm sure we'll get there, yeah. you know, but, that's the answer, Tyree. <laughs> how was your uh, training? How did that go? Where did where did you have your probation? Well, no, no. How was how, how was the academy compared to uh, Marine uh, training? Basic, well, I was I was, in pa- I was in Paris Island. I was in South Carolina. Um, I went to boot camp there, and then I went. I, I came home for ten days, like everybody else did, and then I went to uh, MCT in uh, in North Carolina, Marine Combat Training. I uh, didn't go to SOI because I was an air winger. So I went to t- uh, Millington, Tennessee, 
and I had my training over there. Okay. So, but how was that compared to you, to the uh, police training at uh, Legion Park? For oh, any, dude, the, guys the police that, training was, was a cakewalk. Yeah. For you guys don't yeah. know, uh, LAPD's training is at three different locations. One is at Elysian Park behind Dodger Stadium. Another one is in Inglewood off the 405 near LAX. And there's another one uh, up 405 near where I live, actually. It's a race, not racetrack, but uh, EVOC training goes on there. So there you go. Yeah. There's there's the three places. Yeah. Yeah. Three places. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was, it was kind of a cakewalk because I, I mean, I always try to stay in pretty good shape, you know, but coming out of the Marine Corps, man, it was, um, I mean, they, we, they used to work us out pretty hard, man, to be honest. So yeah, LAPD training wasn't too bad at all. I thought the same thing. I'm thinking like, man, when I get into this, it's going to be this, this and that and you know, hardcore yeah. stuff. And that first, <laughs> first day on black line, I had to hide a, hide a giggle. <laughs> Never yeah. Me with that. yeah, man. <laughs> like, I can't believe this is like this. This is going to be easy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. One of the DIs came out when I went to the academy and I was on the black line. One of the DIs came out and I was like, yo, this dude is like 300 pounds. Yeah. Like, what? What, what is this? <laughs> like, well, you're crazy. You make it make sense. I, and right then and there, I knew. Right then and there, I knew. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be. This is gonna be. This is gonna be pretty easy." Yeah. Uh, how how are your classmates? Are you still in contact with any of them? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, man, some of them passed away. You know, um, I, I I honestly, man, I only talked to one. He's a good friend of mine, but that's maybe like once every few months. I I don't talk to anybody on LAPD, man. Um, I got one good friend who works Olympic, who, who runs a nonprofit called blue coat foundation. And that dude is like, he's, he's like a brother to me. So, um, he's really the only one I talk to, man. I don't talk to anybody else really. I'm going to keep it to be honest with you. Um, I want to, I want to stay as far away from LAPD as I can, bro. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, just, you know, like I said, I have been involved in a couple shootings Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I, Listen, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to to glorify this stuff, but I saw a lot of a lot of crazy stuff, man. A lot stuff that I I do not intend on on revisiting, man. Like for sure. And when I and I love LAPD, man. When it when it comes to the organization and some of the people I met and what the organization really truly stands for, I'm not. I'm just not ready yet. Maybe I'll get there. Maybe I'll be ready soon, or maybe I'll be ready later. Yeah, but right now I'm not. I'm not ready to go back there. Man, I could dig that. Like, uh, you see a lot of crazy shit, like I explained before. Um, and at some point, you know, you became a training officer. How did that come about? Did, were you was that a goal of yours? Yeah, you know, I had worked. I only had one training officer that I, that I really enjoyed working with. The rest of them, and I'll say this publicly, and if I ever see them, I'll tell them to their face, man, garbage. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? The way they treated me and the way they, they you know, they treated some of my peers, I, I didn't appreciate it. And um, I only have nice things to say about one of them. Um, and so that, that had motivated me to be a training officer. I had worked a gang unit at 77th um, for a little bit. I had worked like a citywide gang task force, like in South Central, and like in like East LA for a little bit. 
And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I want to teach young officers how to do what I'm doing, right? Chasing guns. And that's all I wanted to do yeah. was chase guns. I didn't care about drugs. I didn't care about stolen cars, man. If, if you didn't have a gun, I don't want nothing to do with you because that's, those were the, the, the tools that were taking lives, you know, guns in the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? Um, and so I just wanted to be a training officer. I wanted to teach young officers some of the stuff that I was doing, some of the stuff that was taught to me, because that's what being a cop is about. Like, I got no qualms with saying, yeah, you know, if you're a police officer and you work behind a desk and you push paper around, oh, that that's cool. Like, but you're you're a police officer, right? I get that. And it's an important job, right, to, to move paper around. But if you're wearing a badge, you should be on the fucking street. You should be chasing people down. You should be, you know, rescuing children. You should be hunting down people that are victimizing women and raping women and molesting kids and shooting and killing and all that. Like, that's what a cop does, man. A cop doesn't sit around and, and fucking make copies and shred paper, you know? And um, I don't know, man. That That's just me, man. Maybe I'm coming off kind of like dickish, but. No, that's you know, 100% right. I mean, why else would you try to be a police officer? What what else is there to do besides everything? You should yeah. be going out there and trying to do everything. I think one of yeah. the the best things you taught me was you you always said the door's never welded shut, man. You can get out. Yeah. You can get out there and <laughs> yeah. put in, and check people out, talk to people, get get familiar with people, all that kind of shit. I learned yeah. that like uh it was important to me. So, um I appreciate that fully, especially at at that point in my career, even though it was very early, I was going through a lot of bullshit with the training officer I had prior to you. Yeah. Um, But that was, that was heavy. That was a heavy time for me. Like I think in my life period, even more than uh, combat temporarily just during that one time, because exactly like you said, you have to bite your tongue and take a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of shit. Yeah. And you know what the thing is, Tyree, like I remember that and we don't have to resurrect, you know, those emotions, man. But I remember that shit, the training officer you had before mm-hmm. and um, I didn't like it. And and so when God blesses you with even a little bit of authority or, or a position to, to be um, influential or, or not even influential, but to be pivotal in somebody's life, you got to do the right fucking thing, dude, because you don't know what this guy's going through. You know what I'm saying? And to be, and to just be mean and nasty to people like, man, like screw you, man. Like, who do you think you are? It's, it's your job to be kind and compassionate and loving and nurturing and, and all those things, right? Like you, you don't get paid to be, to be mean to people, man. You could be a good person. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm thankful that I was able to have that impact on you, bro, because I knew what you were dealing with and that shit wasn't cool, man. Yeah, it was, uh, it was bad. Y'all everyone listening. Like I really don't get into a lot of the really shitty parts of the police system to me. I think some people just should not have that right to train people because that shit will ruin you if you let it. And Man, I was feeling terrible about, like, I don't even want to come back here. I have, My wife just had a kid. My kid, Anthony, was uh, 10 pounds, 10 and a half pounds. She couldn't even walk after. And that particular training officer is like, oh, you shouldn't take uh, um, uh, 
leave with your wife. You should keep working. I'm like, that's fucking stupid. I'm going to go and be with my wife. That's dumb. Why would I do that? Just for what? Some people, I think in her particular case, oh, I said, oh, too much. Uh, (laughs) Rewind. I think in that officer's particular case, um, they they had no business uh, working and training people and bragging about how they took out people too. That whole you know, border shit. On the on on that particular note, again, obviously never was a cop or anything, but I I do training in the army and you know drill sergeant and all that stuff. But like, I had this conversation the other day with somebody about <clears throat> leadership in the military, and I feel like it definitely applies uh, with leadership anywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, in the military, as you know, right. If you stick around long enough, you will be placed in a leadership role, right? Your unit, your command will force you to go to the board and eventually you'll promote or you'll RCP and get kicked out. But like at some point you'll end up in a leadership position somehow. And a lot of people skate through, right. Cause people can pass the board. It's especially like, like when I went to the board in 2000, uh, four, right. For E5, um, you know, like points were super low and they were trying to promote everybody. We needed more NCOs and certain MOSs and blah, 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 blah. Right. But they're forcing people, um, that you have people that just are not natural leaders, people that are not natural trainers, people that are not naturally something. And they somehow get into those positions, um, either by just hanging out and eventually getting there or, the command failing the, the, the unit and allowing that people that, that, that person to promote into that position or whatever. But like you just have some people that are just not meant to be those things, but they end up in those positions anyway. And then it just ruins it for everybody else. But the hey, thing dude. is with the, uh, with the police, it's, it's different. <clears throat> for example, I mean like you, if you don't want to promote you don't want to be a training officer and all that kind of shit, you don't got, to, you don't have to, you can just be patrol off your whole career if you want just kicking it. But, uh, you kind of have to strive to become a training officer. You like, you got to have a mentor and all this kind of crap that they try to tell me. But, um, in the end, like, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. Once, once they get that power, that's when the, 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 uh, switch flips. And well, you know, and that's, that's kind of what I mean. Like when you even talk about like, like, you know, drill sergeants in the military, for example, or drill instructors in the Marine Corps, like, I mean, sometimes people are selected for that, like on active duty, but like in the reserves, like we can just request to come into the unit and sometimes there's an interview, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, we're kind of hurting, not that that was the case with, 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 you know, FTOs and LAPD at the time, but like in a lot of cases, a lot of units will just take people and, you know, say, Hey, you know, we're going to mold you into the right kind of candidate, send you to the Academy and you're going to complete it. And then it's a done deal. You're a drill. And then they get on the trail and it's the same thing. They're, they have that power trip. They put that hat on and suddenly they're invincible and, and, and they're the, the, the baddest motherfucker on the planet and, you know, fuck everything else I've learned. But what I mean is like, <clears throat> even in the case with like the FTO, like people just fall through the cracks because, you know, they met the right people or they, I don't know, weaseled their way into it. Or like you said, like they were cool and then they got into that position and just, just lost their brains. Yeah. yeah. I don't think a leopard ever changes their spots, man. I, yeah. I, I need to tell you there were people that were dicks that, that there were P2s 
mm-hmm. and and they're bigger dicks when they're P3s. Like, man, that was I I never forget. Man, I was a I was a P1 at 77th, and I was working patrol, and there was a there was a, a P3, a training officer that was just like fuck, laying into me, man, just like giving it to me bad. And, w- and when I got out of the academy, when I got to 77th, I was I was about 200 pounds. I was pretty solid, man. I was working out a lot, right? And my mind, I thought at the time, was bulletproof. Like, I had just got out of the Marine Corps, man. I was I was solid, man. Just got done with the academy. I was good. But this this training officer was just giving it to me every single day that I came to work. And it was a sergeant, and he heard it. And he, and he walked over to the P3, and he said, if I ever, ever hear you talking like that to anybody ever again, I'm going to make sure I fire your ass. He's like, don't ever talk to anybody like that. And don't, don't expect not to get punched in the fucking face. And I'm like, holy shit. Like this dude is solid, right? Like this is a guy who understands that I'm powerless in this situation. And here's somebody, here's somebody else in a position of authority, exploiting that and minimalizing me and just really just, just making my life a living hell. And for him to stand up and have the courage to say, man, if you, if you do some shit like that, I'll fire you. I'll make sure you get fired. You know that it hey, it empowered guys, uh, me, man. It made, oh, I'm so sorry. Give me one second. Give me one yeah, second. Yeah, go ahead. Tyree had to get the cookies out of the oven. Sorry, what it is? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 So, do you still uh, live out there? Or do you end up moving back to New York? No, I I, I live out here in LA, man. Yeah. I still live out here. I, I love it out here. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a the the handful of times I visited um, Tyree, it's it's it was really nice. It's just so many people, man. Yeah, that's the only down downside. I guess super impacted, super dense population. Like, but it's uh it's beautiful, man. It's the scenery is great. Like you can't beat it. Yeah. No, I, I did like that. Like any day, right? Like any time of day, day or night, whatever day it was, like there was something you can go do. Um, like, I'm, so I'm, I don't know if you know, like I'm in Arkansas and, you know, we have places that like on Sunday they close at seven or not even, they don't even open at all, you know? All <laughs> um, right. I'm back. I can't believe, dude, it was a snake. You had a snake? <laughs> it was a snake yeah. in the, uh, on the, um, patio. In the no, in the, in the patio outside. Everyone's fucking around outside and I'm like, I'm trying to record the show. This is the first time everyone's just losing their shit in the house. And I heard them Bro. banging on the door while we're talking. And they're they're screaming. There's a, <laughs> there's a snake running back and forth. So there's Dude, that. I'm that sorry is, about that. That's funny. So that's that's supposed to happen here where I am. It's in rural it. America. <laughs> Hell yeah. Huh? Shits are everywhere. <laughs> we run them over he in said, the street. He said, oh. Hell yeah. <clears throat> All right. So uh Oh, okay. Before we restart again, Andrew, your your audio, like you, uh, it's you're saying cool shit, but the background noise. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna sit in my car. I'm gonna get back in my car, okay. and it's quiet, bro. Hold on a second. Right. Hold on. Let me see if this is better, bro. You tell me. You tell me. How's this? That's good. Do you have a speakerphone? Because if you're holding the phone close to your mouth, it sounds a little like like blog down a little bit every now and then. Uh, it cuts out what you're saying. Okay, how about this? Is this better? Say some stuff. Testing one, two, three. Say some stuff. All right. I mean, I think he sounds fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. 
Okay, yeah. where were we, we before we were interrupted? No, I was just saying I had a sergeant that kind of went to bat for me, man, and mm-hmm. just kind of intervened when you had that shitty T.O. Yeah. It was good. You yeah, know? it's a nice good. feeling to, you know, see somebody in a position like that that will hop up and say, hey, that shit ain't right. Especially when you're the new guy. Oh, yeah. You know, because you don't, you don't know, like, what you're allowed to express, right? Like, yeah, I mean, obviously you want to be a man and like, or be a human and stand up for yourself, but like, you know, you're the new guy. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to like, you know, you know, you know, and you don't know if this person is like, if they're just being a dick just to be a dick or if they're just being, if, if that's just their humor. Um, so yeah, man, it's definitely good to have people like that in your organization. And that's probably something that you took with you, right? Like as you progress through your career with the LAPD um, and probably part of the reason why you wanted to be an FTO, right? So you can extend, that same courtesy and professionalism to the new guys that you would encounter. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, it was always in me, man. I I was never really a bad guy. Like I was never like anybody that went out there to, to mess with people, man. So I think, you know, when I became a training officer, it was more of an opportunity to be who I really wanted to be, you know? Um, And I appreciated that. And I wasn't, I wasn't just going to like bully people around because mm-hmm. of it. I just saw it as an opportunity to be out there and, and train young guys and just have a good time, man. Yeah. So we, uh, we skipped over a question I would ask everyone and that is where were you, uh, for nine 11? I was in roll call, man. I was sitting in the front row, um, in roll call when I, when I, when I was watching the towers hit, hit, I was watching the planes hit the towers, man. I was in roll call, and I was, what, I was. Pissed. What is roll call? Like muster, like the morning meeting. Okay. It, yeah, it's yeah. like a little, like a huddle before you start your. So you were already LAPD. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with with that, with that being the case, then, like with with New York being hit, and you being a cop in LAPD, like, what was. I mean, what was, what was, what was, what was going on within like the department and the city? Surely they had, you know, y'all had to think like, shit, this is probably going to happen here too. Yeah. I think I was more pissed because I had just got out the Marine Corps. I'm like, like, I've just got out, bro. Like I should be over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you know, with LAPD, you know, it was kind of a hurry up and wait type scenario, just like in the military, like hurry up Mm -hmm. up and wait. And Mm -hmm. everybody was mobilized and shit like that. But you know, we were still working patrol, man. We were only handling, you know, emergency calls, but we were still just working patrol. Nobody really knew what the hell was going to happen. Like even veterans, like even guys in in the military, like we didn't know what the hell was going to happen. And, um, you know, we were just kind of on standby mode because there was really shit we could do, man. Like, honestly, like if, if it was going to go down in LA, like all we're doing at this point is we're, we're in recovery mode or rescue <clears throat> mode or whatever. Cause yeah. If you got planes hitting some shit in downtown LA, yeah. it's a wrap, dude. Who, who, you, like, arrest? Yeah. who are you going to arrest? <laughs> Was that who are you going to arrest? Yeah, <laughs> nobody. It's, it's you don't know a war zone down there. It's going to be yeah. fucking chaos. Exactly what like yeah. you're saying, man. So yeah, did it, you didn't do shit. Did it ever cross your mind though? So after that, after that happened, you're already on the force. You just got out of the Marine Corps, but like, did it ever cross your mind from that point on to like to come back into the military? It did, bro. I swear to God. I'm like, I, I, I got to get back in. But I had just had a daughter, right? Like, and that's, mm-hmm. that's a cop out. That's a cop out. It's dude, not. Ever, it's not. I, I can't. I, I disagree with that. 
I well, I mean, if I really wanted to go go back in, I would have went back in. Like, if I was really like all about that life, yeah. you know, like, oh fuck, I'm gonna go back in and serve my country again. I would have done it. But keep it real. I'm like, I gotta stay out here, man. I got a family out here that I gotta protect, and I got a community right. out here that I can probably protect. So mm-hmm. I'm cool. Like, I just I'm fresh out. Like, I'm not going back. You know? No, man. I've, so I've always said, so like, I don't I don't have kids or anything. It's just me and the dogs and. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. you know, and I'm still in, right. But yeah. if at some point in my life and, and, and I, and I wanted to redeploy, I did, um, never found myself in a position to be able to, especially since I've been in the reserves and the job that I do now, like any, any of my mobilizations are stateside, but, um, I, I did want to go back over and just never, it never worked out. But like, I, 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 I think to myself, if I did have that family, like you're talking, you're talking about, like, no, absolutely not, man, because, your priorities shift at that point, right? Like before it's like, yeah, I'm going I'm to go do this job and I'm going to, you know, some, you know, defend the country or however you want to call it. But now you have a family and you're like, you know, the, the, uh, the, the role of the protector or whatever. And, and so in my mind, I feel like your priorities shift. And I feel like there's, I think there's to me, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't have a family, but like there's more honor in that because you're protecting what is immediately yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's immediately more important to you than anything else in the world, man, that's your family. Right. Yeah. The one I'm not thing trying to be my family. I never wanted to after going the first time and not losing any really close friends during that period. Like that was the reason why I didn't want to go again cuz I'm like, man, I'm not going to have that kind of luck and I'm going to lose somebody that I'm fucking close to. That was the <laughs> thing that fucking took me off of uh signing up again. And then learning yeah. about that unit after you know, after I left, like they went through, oh, hell. Man. It, it was bound to happen. I was going to lose somebody I knew. So it's yeah, negative. I, I, not, I, I can't deal with that. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, man. Like you did it once. There's honor in that. And if you don't want to do it again, like you don't fucking have to. There, there, there are some, a lot of guys that'll, that'll pump their chest out, you know, and be like, oh man, I did three or four mm-hmm. deployments or whatever. But man, it's, you signed up, man. Like you did, your, you did what you had to do. You signed up. You spent maybe a, you know, a, a couple enlistments in there, what have you. You, you did what you had to do, man. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no, there's no guilt associated with that. Like you didn't want to go. Fuck it, you know. When I, you know, this goes kind of goes back to that little thing that I did uh, that last show that I did uh, Thursday, or whatever. But you get those folks that did do multiple, you know, multiple deployments, two, three, four of them. Um, or more and we'll just hate on those of us that just did one it's like bro like it, it that was the time that i was in yeah. like yeah you know what i'm saying like you don't yeah. don't fucking hate on people yeah. for that do you know what i mean or <laughs> even like on the police department i remember when i was getting to the end of my career you know guys would be like hey man how come you're not chasing guys with guns anymore and i'm like because i don't want to yeah, because <laughs> I'm over it, man. You know how lucky I am. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, like, dude. Said, now that you, I, twenty plus that? years. Yeah, and the whole time I was in the street, man. The whole time, you know, I worked gang detective assignments here and there, mm-hmm. but the whole time I was out chasing fools, you know. That's and a hard it, time, man. Twenty years is hard time. Yeah, but it, but it's it's twenty years in, in the street, twenty one years in the street, like. And I know guys that, that are still doing it, and I'm like, you're out of your, you're out of your mind. Like, you know how lucky you are, bro, that you 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 haven't got domed or like, 
you haven't you haven't gotten seriously hurt. You know, I look back at it now and I'm like, man, I was a dumbass. Like, I can't believe some of the shit I did. You know, I think about that too, though, right? So, like, um, this whole it's and and you know, and I'm I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Like when people find out you were in the military. And they say, thank you for your service, right? Like, I, I, I should, to this day, I've been in the Army for 21 years, and I don't know how to respond to that. Like, um, cool, thank you, uh, appreciate your service or support, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever response you conjure up at the time. But, like, <clears throat> you know, if, if they knew that, like, of my 21 years that I've been in the Army, like, I've deployed to Iraq once back in 04, and I went to Kosovo in 02 for peacekeeping, just walked around the Balkan Mountains for six months, mm-hmm. or that the rest of the time I've been in the Army Reserve, and I've been doing the drills aren't gig, but like for the most part, I've been a civilian. Like, is it still the same things? You know what I mean? Whereas, yeah. you know, you, you, you talk about a, a veteran law enforcement officer who, you know, like you, right, been on the streets for 21 years, not knowing because you're going to go out on patrol that day and it could be your last, right? And that's every single day you're a cop for 21 fucking years. Yeah. I don't have that concern as an as a Army Reserve soldier. I wouldn't have that concern if I was an active duty soldier because I'm stationed, if I'm garrisoned, I'm not deployed, yeah. I'm probably not going to die today, right? Because I'm not out there doing the infantry job. I'm probably pushing a broom or telling a private to push a broom, you know, or doing a PMCS on a vehicle or something. Yeah. But as a yeah. cop, like, it's a completely different story. It is. It is. You're right about that, but not for all of them. You know, it's a very, very, very small percentage of cops, a very small percentage on LAPD. Mm-hmm. They're actually out there pushing it, right? Yeah. A, lot, a very small percentage out there pushing it hard. Mm-hmm. And an even smaller percentage are out there, like, not just telling stories, but actually every night going out there and, and finding guys that are carrying guns that want to kill people. That's the shit right there. You know, yeah. so when people say thank you for your service, I, before I wouldn't take it. I'd be like, oh, you know, that's cool. You're welcome. Now I'm like, you're very welcome. Like, yeah. and, and you should buy me a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You're welcome, man. I'll fucking take it because the thank you isn't about what you did or didn't do. The thank you comes from, hey, you know what? I appreciate the fact that you had you that you had it in you to sign on the dotted line, mm-hmm. you know, to serve this country. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you went to combat, because I didn't, right? It, it's the thank you isn't doesn't depend on whether or not you went to combat. Although the thank you may may come with a little bit more um, meaning, you know, if you lost somebody out there. Mm-hmm. But but the thank you is, hey, you know what, man? Thanks for fucking doing it. Because yeah. I may have wanted to do it and, and things didn't work out for me. But I appreciate you putting the uniform mm-hmm. on. When people say, hey, thank you for your service for being a marine for eight years and then being a cop for twenty one years. I take it. You're welcome. You're welcome, man. Because I, not to sound like a complete dick, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of weak sauce out there, man. A lot, man. And and maybe because I'm almost 50, like, I don't know, maybe I'm getting old and crotchety or some shit. Right. <laughs> but, but there's a lot of weak sauce out there, man. It is. And, and there's a lot of storytellers out there, man. And, and that's why I don't, I don't, that's why I don't talk to people, man. I don't, I don't hang out with anybody, dude. My circle of friends is like maybe two, you know, it's, it's, it's up to four now with you and Tyree, but bro, I don't, I don't, I don't hang out with people, man. I don't spend time with people. I just do me. I mean, I I go running every day and, and I try to deal with the trauma and the depression and the anxiety 
and the PTSD and all that shit on my own, man. Yeah. And it's working. You know, I'm cool. Have right? you uh, yeah. ever spoke to a therapist? Yeah, I went to therapy a lot, actually, man. I went to, I, I, I still, you know, engage, right? And I still, uh, a, a lot of, a lot of meditation, man, a lot of, a lot of prayer, a lot of exercise. Um, I don't want to get into the medication thing, but just a lot of, you know, raising my level of awareness and consciousness. Cause when I, when I was, and I don't want to tell you the time period, right. Mm-hmm. But I, I was also an international contractor too, man. I was a contractor before I got the job that I have now. And, um, you know, I, I met a lot of cool people, man, that, that talk me off the ledge, so to speak. So I'm in a cool place right now and I, and I, and I hope to stay there, but in order for me to stay there, I got to stay away from people that are going to pollute my mind. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that takes, that takes a, a certain level of self-awareness. Do you know what I mean? To like, to identify the like, man, these, I do struggle in these areas yeah. and these are the ways that I'm going to, that I'm going to fight back against those things. Um, and then, and then staying vigilant in, in, in doing those things and maintaining that. Um, I I think a lot of folks, man, like when it comes to, you know, dealing with like, like you said, like depression and PTSD, like a lot of people just kind of want to give up, you know, they just want to like throw their hands in the air and say, it's just too much for me to handle. Um, and unfortunately that's where we get, um, our suicide rates, um, that we have in the country. Not, and I'm not just talking about like, you know, military, but like anybody, you know, it's a, a lot of times, a, a lot of times it is, it, it does come down to that. This is just too much to handle. Um, and I, w- I will say on, on that particular, very specific note of, of, of suicide, when it comes to that stuff, man, the, the, the couple of times that I've been there, uh, <clears throat> I, I wished that I would have reached out to somebody, you yeah. know? Um, and whenever, and this is just, this is just me. And, uh, <laughs> so, sorry, but like whenever somebody says, um, cause I'm guilty of self-isolation and not talking to a lot of people about my stuff too. Yeah. Um, and whenever somebody says that I, I see that same thing that I, that I saw in myself when I was in those positions. And I just hope that like you or others like you in those situations, do reach out. Um, not to, not saying that you, 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 you have been there or maybe you have, I don't know, but like, I'm just saying like, cause that's, that's a tough spot, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It is tough, dude. It's, it's really tough, man. Even right now, just talking about it kind of, kind of puts me in a weird headspace, man. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. But and we'll, we definitely don't have to stay here. It just, it just kind of came up in my mind, but, um, yeah. um, but like you have your family. Yeah. Do you have like a, you know, like your support system? Yeah, I do, man. I got a, I got a, I got an awesome family, man. But hey, man, can I ask you guys if I could take just a break real quick, man? Because the, oh, whenever yeah. I talk about the suicide stuff, man, it, it gets me pretty good, man. You yeah, know? I apologize, dude. No problem. No, problem. Um, no, 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 dude, no. This is all good shit because whoever's listening, you know, it's like it yeah, could be yeah. impactful for them. You know what I mean? But it's fucking hard, man. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Super hard. So, like, if I could take a little break or maybe just. Maybe come back to it. Would that be cool? I don't want to be a dick, man. Yeah, no, no you're no, good. Yeah, no, fuck yeah, man. We'll, uh, we'll yeah. give it like uh, 10, 15. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Just uh, yeah. well, everyone text when we're ready. Or you text right. when we're you, you text when you're ready, and we'll get on. All right, I appreciate it. All right, I appreciate it. All right.
Yeah, sorry about that before, man. I mean, that the whole suicide thing, man, it's like, man, there's a lot there. And we'll have to talk about that over, like, a cup of coffee or something. Oh, no problem, yeah. man. We, we've, uh, we've had some conversations about that, and we know it gets fucking heavy. Heavy as fuck, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I apologize, man. We weren't, no, we weren't, it's all good, brother. <laughs> definitely weren't trying to, like, you know, take you down any, any road you don't want to go down, you know what I mean? Oh, no, I know, man. I know. It's all good, man. There's no intent there. You know what I mean? So it's all good. It's just, that's on me, man. I, like I said, I'm still like, you know, working through a lot of, a lot of personal things. And so mm-hmm. it happens, you know, no big deal. But uh, yeah, yeah, it does. But still like, I mean, you know, we don't, uh, no kind of gotcha I don't know. interviews <laughs> on people. Right. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I, I, what I wanted to say about that whole thing was I'm a hundred percent with you with the, like, I want to figure myself out first before I, anything else, because, and that's when I actually, I did self-isolation. I still do it all the time right now. Even. Mm-hmm. And it's not on purpose. Yeah. It's just like, that's my comfort zone. Like as at once everything gets a little too weird, I have a literally this corner where I record, this is my corner and I fucking zone out and try not to think about shit. I try to meditate. I'm not that great at it. I guess it needs more work. But that shit really does help, man. It does, dude. Working out for me, man. Running, running every yeah. day and just, you know, you know, staying in shape, man. That shit helps a lot, dude. A lot. It really does. Yeah. No, if I didn't have the gym, I don't I don't know what I would do with my time. Yeah. Be reading, be reading comic books all day. <laughs> Yeah, I know the gym or like here, you know, like in the middle of Arkansas or northwest Arkansas, it's like a lot of woods, a lot of hiking. So yeah. I definitely like to go out there and be away from all the humans. Yeah, I love that, man. That's that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. I think that would be the only reason why I would actually really, really want to go there 
is just because there's nobody there. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's interesting that like no matter where you go, like there you are. Like if you got demons, mm-hmm. like you're taking them, you're taking them with you. Oh, yeah. But it's also it's also like it helps when you take them to a nice place, like yeah. hiking. They appreciate shit. it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh shit, dang, this is nice. Hey, yeah. Thanks for, the, thanks for bringing us. You yeah. Piece of man. Shit. <laughs> no problem, demons. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy. Those are my demons. Um. All right. So let's get back into this. I'm going to start recording in uh, three, two, one. Now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Tyree and Kevin still here with our friend Andrew Gonzalez. Former LAPD. Yes. And all kind of really cool ass shit that you're never going to be a part of. And um, <laughs> no, man, I'm serious. Like, uh, I'm always proud of being a fucking cop at at one point in my life. Like, you did some pretty cool shit. The first yeah. pursuit I've ever been in was with you. I'm sure you don't remember this because I'm sure you had way more after that. But, I'm, I'm trying to remember which one was it. Okay, I want to say we were in Wilmington, uh-huh. and it was somebody doing maybe possibly hand to hand in front of us. So yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, oh, you're like, hey, hey, you're like, hey, check these dudes out. I'm like, all right. Yeah, Fuck yeah. It was actually out. in Harbor City. Yeah, yeah. It was okay. in Harbor City. Yeah. I'll, I'll hop out, and I don't remember if this dude was Tongan, Samoan, or like light skinned black, but he was short. He wasn't very big. I'm like, all right, this yeah. is gonna be cool. He had these braids, black, two black braids, long black yeah. hair, and uh, I go to talk to him, and this motherfucker just whoosh, takes off running, and I'm behind him, and I, this yeah. motherfucker's gone, dude. I can't catch him. <laughs> his fucking braids are <laughs> twirling on his head like a fucking chinook, and he's fucking running down the street, and I couldn't catch him, man. And you came around the corner, just laughing, like he's gone, huh? I'm like, uh, yeah, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> We never got him, but that DP, I think we damn near I broke. That shit. Yeah, I think we damn near broke the record for the most like uh, felony arrests in one DP during that time because we were out there hustling, we were out there working. No, not bullshit either. It was like real, oh, real ass shit. Oh, dude, it was fun. Yeah, dudes with guns and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Guns. It was a good ass time. Good time. And you know, unfortunately, man, that dude, you know, he passed away. He got killed, man. Oh yeah. When? He got killed in 2017. 2017. Shit. He got smoked. Unfortunately, man, it's terrible. That's that gang life, man. That gang yeah. life, man. It's it's fucking terrible, man. But um, you know, may he rest in peace. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But we had some good ass times, Tyree. Oh yeah, hell yeah. We had great times. Good fucking uh good shit. <laughs> it, it, so was, with, it was definitely with, the most the most I've ever learned on the department just in that little bit of time, because it just made me want to do more when I, after I left Harbor, I went to central, I think. Yeah. Central. And yeah. I'm like, all right, well this after, you know, some terrorist shit might pop up here. So when I got UPR certified, that means I can carry a rifle in the street for folks listening. And I'm yeah. like, I'm ready for it whenever it happens. And I'm going to fucking go and be there and I'm going to just fucking be ready. But it never popped off, but I was on skid yeah. row for a while. <laughs> it never happened, huh? Oh, no. I got oh, well. plenty of drug arrests. Probably thousands. But not not thousands, yeah. but at least a thousand, literally. Fucking yeah, yeah. drug... Uh, no, no fun shit. Nothing really fun. No, I've been in like some other pursuits, like vehicle pursuits and shit like that. Nothing like 
really good. It's just always I'm sitting on top of a building watching these people slang, and I'm just calling out a car and just say, hey, go get the guy with the green hoodie. Yeah. And now it's way too easy, but that's the numbers, number game, which annoyed me, and that's why I had to get out of there because I'm like, this is is a pattern I don't want to slip into because fucking central, it's nasty. Like, for you guys listening, central division is central downtown L.A. It's... The gr- n- b- m- fucking nastiest shit ever. And you have to walk that shit. Walk the beat. Motherfuckers will yeah. literally take a shit on the sidewalk right in front of you and not give a fuck. They'll yeah. throw trash out in the street. Uh, they build houses out of whatever they can find because they're homeless. But the, whatever they find is just rotten shit. Um, you, you know, I felt bad for them for a minute. Yeah, yeah, you you can't help it, bro. Yeah. These people, yeah, you, these people are victims, man. Mm-hmm. Addiction is a motherfucker. Yeah, it's terrible. I talked to one guy, and he's like, "I would do anything to just be normal, like huh. not to be here. I would do anything." And I'm like, well, "See how what are you, we are, man." Yeah, I'm like, "What? Well, what are you doing to try to get out of here?" He's like, "Nothing. I'm just waiting for an opportunity." I'm like, "Well, fuck, man. Like opportunities happen all the fucking time, and if you're not looking for them." And shit's gonna pass you by, and I mean, every second you're alive is an opportunity to escape it. Yeah, but he, if you're he, if you're willing, yeah, he was just comfortable with it. He he hated it clearly, <clears throat> but it was good enough for him, I guess. And I'm like, don't you? And I I feel really bad talking about like saying shit like this now, but I'm like, don't you like? Wouldn't you like to take a shower? Like, wouldn't you like to have a normal, regular meal? Wouldn't you norm- like to be able to sleep without worrying about somebody just kicking in your house and stealing your shit like this? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I, but he's yeah. he's fucking addicted, man. He, he, this, the fucking rock got a hold of him, and that is fucking terrible, crazy shit down there when you see that, man. Yeah, I hate it fucking, like, when I was on probation and I had some some T.O. that really really enjoy arresting people with a rock you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. like i'm like bro this these people you know you know resemble some of the people that i grew up with you know what i'm saying like some family mm-hmm. members that were struggling with addiction mm-hmm. and i'm over here arresting people for for a rock the size of a fucking eraser like, on a pencil yeah pencil eraser man like what what am i doing mm-hmm. and that that's when like and and then and then when that shit was celebrated, like yeah, we got one. I'm like, man, you're you're lame. Yeah. <laughs> what did we get? <laughs> like this shit is weak. Like really weak, man. Like really, we're taking somebody to jail for a crack rock. Like that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like that's some that's some really weak shit. But and that's when I knew, like, man, I gotta get the hell away from, you know, anything that has to do with taking people to jail for straight possession because they're addicts and that's when i just learned to love chasing guns man that's when i i fell in love with it you know so what led you to you you say you love chasing guns what was your favorite part of your career when it came down to that like a 20 year 20 plus year career You've had a lot of gun chases. You you got quite quite a few weapons off the streets. What was the most memorable for you? Oh man, that's a good question. I've never thought about it. Like to be honest, nobody's ever asked me. Um, I think it had to be. I mean, we chased some dude that had an AR-15 in his backpack. 
right? He was carrying it like it was, it was like a sling. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty cool. Like over there off of like Vermont in the seventies. And then um, I'm trying to think one, it was like a long, like a good long one. Um, man, they, they all gave me the same feeling, man. Like that rush of adrenaline, that, that addictive, like it's a drug, man. You know, like you're chasing somebody, you know, he's at a gun, yeah. right? At any point he's going to turn around and shoot you. Like, yeah, I chase guys and I ended up getting into a shooting with the guy. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, that's just like, it's like whatever, you know what I mean? But they all were equally as amazing to me, man. It was, it was like, I was, yeah, that's, that's, that's when I felt the most alive. Like, I'm like, man, like all, all, when I'm chasing a guy with a gun that at any moment can turn around and just fucking smoke me. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's when I was loving life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, we didn't, uh, I didn't get a lot of that going to other divisions. Like I said, I went to central and I went to Pacific, which was a lot of fun because I work on the beach. Um, yeah. And then I went to West LA and then that was. Oh, West LA was terrible, huh? It was terrible. <laughs> it, it's like the it's it's shiny and it looks nice and looks clean, yeah. but it is probably, yeah. I mean, on the dirty grungy side, like rich people are the worst, <laughs> the worst man. I can't yeah. uh, fucking rich people. Like I I would gladly go back down to the streets, back to seventy seventh before I go to work in a place with, around billionaires. Is they think they run everything and they think they own own everything. Oh, entitlement. Yeah, they try to do things on their own sometimes, and it comes out like horrific. It's it's just nuts, man. Like I, I would much rather work in dirt than working with these weirdos. Like uh, <laughs> so weirdos. Come on, be nice, man. Oh no, man, that's that's the gym. Yeah, they might hear this, man. They might hear this. I hope they yeah. do. Everybody from West LA, if you hear this. Fucking weird to get your shit together. <laughs> right. we, just, we just lost our whole target audience, man. We whole... lost everybody. <laughs> You're weird. Was... Get your shit together, West LA. <laughs> that was our shit. one demographic, man. That's yeah, really, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> just cancel the show now. It's over. I know it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> up, Ty Rizzo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I can see that though. You know, on that though, like I, I can see that though, right? So terrible comparison but it's a comparison i used to do recycling right? i used to drive house to house and collect people's recycling and we did it by hand um very manual like labor intensive and and such a pain in the ass the richer nicer neighborhoods were disgusting like actual trash in there dead animals diapers fucking actual just shit uh, you know, you're digging through people's trash because that's part of the job. You go to like the lower income parts of town, mm-hmm. and like their stuff is sorted so nice and neat. You know what I mean? Like it's actually what is supposed to be in there, and it's clean. And I think that says a lot about like the the type of people that you're dealing with, right? Like, you know, your your lower income places or you know the dirt, right? <clears throat> Those are your real people. Yeah, yeah, those you know, are the realest people. Yeah, they understand the struggle. They understand. They're able to see outside of themselves or beyond themselves and see what other people are. Fuck, man, I, I you know what what I do impacts somebody else. Whereas, like, you know, the more entitled folk uh, can't see beyond their nose. You know, I was yeah. never called anything crazy in any of the more grungier places. I was called nigger and all kind of wild shit in West. Yeah, by fucking offers, off, uh, not offers. My bad. Woo, 
Officers mm. didn't say that. It was it was the civilians <laughs> in the street. <laughs> I thought you said the officers. Yeah, I'm like, what? I, uh, yeah, that, that was wrong. I'm but like, no, West no, LA really sucks. No officers said they, <laughs> they wouldn't have said that to my face. But uh, yeah, in the street, there's a different story. You get called the N word, fucking the, all kind of shit, all kind of mm-hmm. awesome stuff, and you just got to take it. <laughs> like the whole time in my head, like I'm bouncing this guy's head off the fucking hood of his car while he's calling me the N word. I'm just smiling thank you sir please sign this ticket have a good day because that's what they no. want that's what they want today they want tickets so here you go yeah weak weak sauce yeah I don't, I don't like that man i mean i know like as a as a cop like y'all y'all are have to be stay professional but fuck man like i think i think if you're if you, let's say you're wearing a body cam and that stuff like is caught on the camera then you i think you should you should be allowed <laughs> i think you should be allowed to respond appropriately accordingly oh yeah guess oh, what yeah. it's just then, me and you in this room i don't know what the fuck happened to andrew oh well we're still recording maybe he'll come back yeah i'm sure he will you know you know what i mean though like somebody calls you that and it's on the body cam you're like did you look at your cam did you get that and there's like a little blinky light that confirms it. And then you just proceed to beat that motherfucker's ass. Man, I'm telling you, the one thing, the thing that got me, the thing where I snapped was, uh, it was exactly like Andrew said. It was some people can't take certain things. And it was something that was said to me that I could not take. And mm-hmm. I did the wrong thing. And oh no, that was the end of the career right there. West Dude, so what's up? So what, Tyree? So what? Because I, 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 I had a little bit of reception, a reception issue, but you said that was the end of your career, right there. What? Okay, so I that? haven't really told this story on the show before, so this is <clears throat> yeah. world premiere shit. Beer, 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 beer. So, <laughs> um, I was working West LA uh, front yeah. desk because I had severe health issues. I think I, I not. I think I had a heart attack. And, oh fuck. And, you know, I went through a lot. My dad had passed, and that was my everything. And oh, shit, I'm so like, sorry, man. Whole life got really weird, and I was getting fucking... I couldn't come to work a lot. I was so tired and sick. And yeah. I, I'm trying to explain this to the captain, but he could care less. Sick litter yeah. in the fucking packet, all that kind of bad stuff. So yeah. um, one day, my last day, apparently, uh, I guess... Uh, this guy comes in. He's been coming to the desk a bunch of times a, a day for the last week plus. We're explaining yeah. to him, "Hey, we can't help you out. You can't. We can't take this report. It's some shit happened in a different state. Sorry, man. Come. Uh, I'll send you up to talk to the detectives. Let them explain it to you. They, we can't take this report. Three or four days this happens, and uh, on the last day he comes in and lobby's full of people." And it's just me behind the desk. And anyone who ever works a desk with the police department knows sometimes it can get hectic as hell. West LA has one of the secretive worst desks because people come in for the dumbest shit constantly. So on this particular day, I was already like 14 reports in with stuff. And uh, this guy comes back in and he's like, hey, I need this report. And I'm like, dude, I, I can't do this. We've been through this before. Please step to the side. I'm sitting here sweating. I can feel my heart beating. Like yeah. things, things are things are getting bad. Like 
if, if I was of the right mind, I would have stepped away. But now I'm trying to rush and do this work for these people. And yeah. he's like, you know what? You're a faggot. Oh, and hell no. in this lobby. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care that he called me that, but I can't just have people saying this wild shit in this lobby of the police department. And, and this yeah. guy could just walk away and not, nothing happened. So rule one that I broke, I went from behind that desk. Should have oh, stayed, stayed my ass on that desk. <laughs> no, you didn't. As no, soon as didn't. I walked up, I clicked my camera on. So it got partial audio. I'm like, oh, that's going to be another ding. So yeah. uh, I'm like, all right, bro, you got to go. You can't be in here You're using that kind of language. And in my head, this fucking guy put his hands up in a defensive kind of a thing. And before yeah. he could clench his fist, I had already clocked him in the eye. And it, yeah. it spun him around. And then I grabbed him by the waist and dumped him on his head, suplexed him as hard as I possibly could. It fucking uh, cracked the back of his head open. Okay. Deserve it. And uh, as soon as I put the cuffs on him, he said, this officer assaulted me. And that watchman ran out. And, oh, yeah? Okay. Well, what happened? Separated everybody. Yeah. Within the hour, the, the captain came to the station, asked for my gun and badge, and said, you're suspended. And that was the end. So I lost my Shit. bearing, but there's no but to it. It was a bad situation that I was in. But, you know, in, in the end, I think it was for the best because I think I probably would have fucking died on that desk. I was much really? better. I was much better in the street, running running in the streets, chasing shit, than sitting behind that desk taking fucking reports. That shit sucked the life out of you, huh? It did. It fucking ruined anything police related for me. I mean, that first year, first year probation was rocky, little funky with homegirl, but I got over it and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna make the best out of this shit and I'm gonna work my ass off. But yeah. having those health issues, like I have kidney disease, all kind of wild shit that fucking took me the- out. Yeah. It took me From out. Stress? Yeah. It fucked me up. And uh, I tried to explain <clears throat> this to them, but they just wanted those reports done. They they wanted a a, a smiling officer at the desk. And you I, think that part of it for you though? Hmm? Do you think that part of like you say you know work and patrol and being out there doing that job mm-hmm. was better for you or it was where you should have been as opposed to on that desk? Do you think that a part of the reason or maybe the whole reason was that when you are on patrol you have less time to think about? the things that you were, you had more time to think about on the desk. I think working on the desk and working out patrol, it's clearly they're two totally different things. Totally different. Um, if you're out there on the street, you're using your senses, you, you got your window open, you're listening to people, you're smelling shit, you fucking, yeah. you're working, all those senses, everything's Everything is going, yeah. And, you know, you have your highs and your lows. You're going to have days where it's shitty and you're going to have days where it's fucking great, but it's still shitty. And but on that desk, there's nothing good. There's no no. There's just fucking reports. Well, that's what I mean. So, like, is working the desk? Does it turn out to be more just mindless work? Yeah, for me, that you're able to like go through the motions, yeah. and it's the same motion every report that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, because it's mindless work, and you can kind of be on autopilot in the back of your mind, since you're not working at that that higher capacity or that higher alert level that you would be if you were on the street now you have all that free time or that freed up mind space to 
think about all these other things, these, all these other compounding things that just ultimately put you over the edge. Yeah, that makes sense. I just lost it. There you go. I should have kept my shit together. And you know, after, uh, now <clears throat> the real fucked up part is the waiting game. Cause, uh, Andrew, you know, if you were waiting on a border rights, have you ever had one? If I'm waiting on a border rights, what? Have you ever had a border rights? No, but I had to testify as a witness to one. Thank yeah. God I never had to go through it myself. Yeah, that's uh, the worst possible thing for an officer. I mean, there's other shit. You can get shot. You can die. But that border yeah. rights is basically the death of your career, the end of your career if, if it goes the wrong way. It's like uh, basically court. They're going to sit here and hear this and hear that and hear what you're fucking here for. And then they're going to say, hey, this person can keep their job or this person is now not a part of this organization. It's like a court martial. Basically, yeah. And your yeah. whole everything you got is done. Cut. You Good luck trying to get a job someplace else with, a, with any department. So, so that whole time you were you were on suspension, you were waiting for that to go on. I was waiting for the two, two years, two good lord years of every it, day. Oh, go ahead. It's a fucking mind. It's a it's a it's a mind game, man. Like, yeah. you know what? The, and the crazy shit is like when I went to go sit on that border rights as a as a witness. Like, dude, they hate cops. Yeah. They hate cops, man. Like, I literally. And I, and I wish I could, I wish I could meet the guy again, the sergeant that um, that was kind of interviewing me there, right? Because a buddy of mine was was having a board of rights, and they wanted me to testify against them. And um, I said, "Hey, is if I'm going to provide testimony, or if I'm going to be speaking to to someone's character, can I at least take a look at the report that was written? Can I take a look at the um, the allegation? Can I take a look at what the sergeant wrote?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. And I'm like, what do you mean, no? And the sergeant, literally, I swear to God, said, we ain't showing you shit. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, this dude's about to get fired, right? Yeah. And and I'm here to testify as a character witness. And, and 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 beyond that, I was there to also testify on what I had observed between, you know, regarding the specific to the interaction between that officer and, and a supervisor, right? Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't let me. Like they wouldn't let me talk to anybody. Like I'm like, oh hell no. Yeah. Like that's some bullshit. And I had, I had testified in court maybe 500 times already, and uh, I may not sound like it now, but I I feel like I'm a pretty smart guy. <laughs> so, so I'm just like, man, I cannot believe that I'm perceiving this the way I'm perceiving it, and this is a straight witch hunt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and they're laughing in the hallways about it. Like they they literally laugh about that shit. Yeah. Like while, while this person's waiting to, you know, yeah. lose his house, cars, family could fall apart, wife could bounce. Yeah, all that shit. And and it's you know life. what? They want you to think that there's no life outside of LAPD, man. Mm-hmm. There's no life outside of there. That I t- I'm telling you right now some bullshit. Yeah. There's a beautiful life outside of that agency. I I love the agency, but I have a genuine disdain for some of those guys that work there, man. Honestly, and some of the shit that they that they did to cops, man. It's, it's crazy, man. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm right. bitter. I sound bitter, but I'm not. No, I know. I know. So, all right, let's get over this shit. Your, your, yeah. <laughs> your career's done. You decided to pull a plug. That's enough of this shit. Uh, yeah. What do you do after a lot of the people, a lot of the veterans who listen to our show, they question as to what should I do or what am I going to do after I was 
this person? You know? Um, can, I, can I ask you something before you get into that, though, before you answer yeah. that? What was the deciding factor? What was the, the point where you're like, I'm, I'm done with this? Because you loved it, right? You, yeah. you loved what you did. But what was, what was the point? Great question. Great. And I'm glad you asked. Um, I had, I was, I was in, I was working a division. I won't say it. And, uh, it, with about 17, 18 years on the job, I was still out there chasing people around trying to get guns off the street. I was working by myself because the job that I, the assignment that I had, I was, I was alone. Right. And, um, long story short, man, I see a group of guys hanging out in front of the liquor store. I hit the parking lot. One of the guys fades away. Like he starts taking some steps behind the other group, behind the group. And, um, he goes to his pocket and I'm like, oh, hell no, this dude's got a gun on him. So I, uh, I'm going to fast forward. I, I put hands on the dude and take him into custody. No problem. No problem. No big deal. But as, um, as, um, I'm by myself, as I'm putting him up against the car and I pull the gun out of his pocket, um, it, it looks like, it looked like I threw him against the car. Right. But let me tell you how let me tell you how messed up this the situation was. The dude was a gangster. He was cool. He was like no problem, right? Um, the one of his homeboys had had said some shit when the backup got there and the supervisor got there. One of his homeboys had said something like, "Oh man, the officer pushed him on the car, right?" So the sergeant starts looking at video. Man, do your thing, like. You, there has to be complete transparency here, man. I'm, I got nothing to hide. Like, that's what the community expects. That if there's an yeah. allegation of some some misdoing, that the department does it, everything in its power to make sure that they substantiate the allegation or prove that it's false, right? Mm -hmm. So, the supervisor talks to the arrestee, and the arrestee's like, "Nah, man. I know this dude. I know Gonzalez. Like, he didn't do shit. Like, he didn't push me." He didn't throw me on the car. He didn't do anything wrong. I had a gun on me. No big deal. Right? Mm. Supervisor's like, ah, I'm going to look at video. Cool. Do your thing. Looks at video. No problem. But in the video, it shows that I'm leaning on him. I'm leaning on his back while he's against the car because dude had a gun in his pocket. Like, and I'm surrounded by like four or five other guys. Yeah. Right? So the sergeant takes the complaint. Even though the arrestee was like, nothing went wrong. Like, hmm. he's literally laughing as the supervisor is asking him this question. Like, bro, I had a gun in my pocket. We're good. Like, no injuries, no complained of, no nothing. Right? Even even witnesses were like, he didn't do anything wrong. Like, no big but deal. one guy said you did it. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was proven to be false, man. But they, they ran through the whole, the whole thing. And then, like two days later, um, I, I get a complaint for for bias policing, like racial profiling a guy who was 17 years old, who was who was out in the street at, at noon, who should have been in school. And I and I simply asked him. I said, "Hey, shouldn't you be in school?" <laughs> a witness who is his auntie, who who works for the school board, filed a complaint for bias policing. And and that was it for me, man. I, I was done. I went through months of of interviews, um, you know, having to go to the city attorney's office to meet with a mediator. I'm like, dude, what the hell is going on? Like, why why am I even in this situation? After 18 years of being on the job, I'm like, this is some bullshit. 
You know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. I knew at that point, like, man, this is taking a turn because when you have supervisors that are literally trying to get you over some shit that you never did, right? That you that you never did. I'm like, yeah, it's a wrap. I'm done. Yeah. I'm out of here. Like it's over. And then when the riots happened, it just really solidified that this was not an organization that I wanted to be a part of anymore because it was it was almost like they took it it it, it was weird in that they took pleasure in in getting guys fired, man. At least that was my perception at the time. And Holy I knew right. that there was there was nothing else that I could do that would bring me the joy that that I had when I was out, you know, working the street because now I'm confined to whatever it is they want me to do. And that's just driving around, waving at people, handing out baseball cards. Oh, 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 fuck. I remember those baseball cards. Yeah. Yeah. No, For, I'm not about that. Man. Those so, of y'all listening, um, the LAPD has these fucking baseball cards with, with officers, officers and baseball players on them. Dodger cards. And they try to make us pass them out to people in the street. Hearts and minds, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right on, whatever, whatever you want, you know, you're signing the check, boss. But that'll fuck up somebody's, like, thought process about that job after a while. Like, this is not what I signed up for. I'm not saying, hey, I'm here to chase motherfuckers all day, and I'm here to get in a pursuit every day, and I'm getting here, I'm trying to shoot somebody every day. Nobody's ever like that. I've never heard that before, ever. But, like, not doing anything is just as worse to me. Because you have the opportunity <laughs> yeah. to do something, but you just are stuck. You can't. Yeah. You can't yeah. do shit. No. And they'll tell you, this is police work. No, it ain't. <laughs> no, it ain't. That's not. No. Police work is when, you know, you literally have somebody begging you, like, officer, please help me. Like, I got people slanging dope literally in front of my house, and I got people shooting people and killing people in front of my house. Can you please help me? Like, these gangsters have taken over our community and ruined our lives. Like they have raped my daughter. They have shot my son. Like they come into my business and they extort me like, nah, hell no. You, you are not doing that shit when I'm working. Mm-hmm. You're out your damn mind. Right. That's, that's what being a cop is. It's making people feel good about waking up the next day and feeling safe in their neighborhood. Yeah. You know, it's not about handing out, you know, Christmas cards or whatever, man, or handing out candy canes or whatever. I mean, at least for me. And I knew that once I had submitted to that, it was time to go, you know? Yeah. So wrap. So that was it. Uh, what, and like I was saying before, a lot of veterans are confused or worried or, you know, they don't know what to do after they had that job, that steady, that steady income or, you know, whatever is gone now. Yeah. Uh, What do you do? What did you do? You know, I, I was fortunate enough to have networked quite a bit while I was still on the job, and and I had I had learned some things, right? And I had met some 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 pretty influential people, um, and I had worked on the private side for a little bit as well. So, I would say that before you make that transition, before you leave the job, or before you leave any organization, that you line yourself up for success, right? That you that you make those contacts, that you foster those relationships, that you, that you look for mentors and that you, you have an avenue. Um, it sounds kind of lame, but you have an avenue of escape, right? Like you have to know that nothing is forever and you have to know that that all good things do come to an end. Mm -hmm. And, and it, you know, 
you know, shame on you if if you know it's coming and you don't prepare for it. Yeah. Now, that's different than the abrupt, hey, this is over all of a sudden, right? That's different. Then mm. there's a whole different level of stress there. Um, but if you know it's coming, you have to set yourself up for success. You have to network. You have to get certifications. Um, you, you may have to do a little side hustle for a little bit um, before you completely transition out of your agency. Um, if you think that that side hustle could flourish to something that could be more permanent, right? But but there are multiple things that are available out there for for tenured police officers and veterans. Uh, you, you just have to look, and there there are organizations through the VA, and there's other organizations that will help you find something. You you just have to know in your heart, like this is the next step for me. I'm I'm ready to to transition out, but before I do that. I have to look at what my options are. Yeah. That's if you have a choice. That's if you're leaving on your own terms, right? Yeah. Um, nice and if you don't it. leave on your own terms, then you fucking make shit happen. Like, like, like you're doing, you're making shit happen. You know what I mean? You, you may have to get, you know, a, a nine to five that you don't love, but that's putting money in your pocket until you can do something that you do love. Mm-hmm. It's out there. For me, man, I was always the kind of guy, like, I'm getting my shit together before I make my next move, man. You know? Yeah. And, and I always, always, always lived well within my means. I never I never had a boat or a jet ski or a fucking motorcycle or a, you know what I'm saying? None of that shit. Because I was like, man, I got to be able to pack up in 30 seconds and bounce if I have to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I always had a little a little stash of money hidden away, you know? That's what they are with that. Hey, I've heard that one. You, every officer has the money stashed somewhere for just in case. Yeah, man, you got to have it. And and I was lucky enough to learn how to invest money. You know, when I, when I was in the job, learn how to invest in stocks, mm-hmm. learn how to invest in, you know, the index funds and ETFs, uh, the deferred comp thing. Even still now, just buying stocks. Everything's on sale, man. I would buy like a motherfucker right now if I was you guys. <laughs> what's uh, what's what, what's your what's your favorite stock right now? Right now it's Ford. Right now Ford, Rivian, uh, Stellantis. Um, you got to go with the core stocks like mm-hmm. you know waste management, uh, uh, energy. So if you got some good core stocks like waste management and energy, you're going to be good for the long haul. If yeah. if you know even if you, you don't do a core stock like maybe AT and T or something like that that pays dividends or Stellantis that pays like an eight point nine six percent dividend, you, you're making money on your money, right? right. So if, if you had ten grand right now. I'd fucking dump that shit into a nice dividend stock like Stellantis because it's dirt cheap. I'll make a dollar on every share that I buy and I'm going to be good because, because, because millionaires are made in recessions. You know, Um, I was able to start another business. Right. Um, And that's going well right now, but buy stock, man, buy that shit. Like, like it's like, it's going out of style, man. A a good dividend stock, a good core stock, you know, maybe 10% of what you're investing in your portfolio should be some, some crypto. I'm not a big fan of it, but, um, electric vehicles, energy, waste management, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and then precious metals, man, you know, I, I would yeah. buy some gold and silver right now too. Yeah. I like so, it. So. I don't know nothing about any of that stuff. I need to learn. Shit, man. Get that Stellantis dude at 89 Six or eight point six nine percent dividend. Mm-hmm. That's 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 some real shit right there. I think that's that's pretty fucking high. It's better than Coca Cola and AT and T right now. I'll get on that shit all day. Let me check it out. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, you started a business. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a little cafe. I won't say the name because um, I don't know who's listening to this. I don't want some people to come and find me. Oh, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say plug your shit, but you know, plug what you can yeah. afford. Keep your head down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a cool little cafe, man. It's pretty dope. Doing really good, man. Very, very happy. Very happy. Nice. It's nice to hear. You know, happiness after police work. It's out there, man. It really is. And, and you know what? The only people that will tell you that, that, that it's not people that don't want to see you do good. But the people that love you and care about you will tell you all day, it's out there. Just get out there and fucking get it. You know? There's a lot of money out there, man. And people are willing to get rid of it. You just got to you just gotta give them, provide them with a service, man. They'll give it to you. That's what got me. I was sitting there looking around like, man, these people are making money everywhere on everything. On yep. everything. How can I get down with that? Like, literally, like, seriously, instead of, you know, sitting around hoping and wishing and, and buying fucking lottery tickets, like, let's fucking get something going. Yeah, this shit will pop off, I'm telling you. Yeah. Me, if you love me, it, I can already tell you guys love doing this shit, man. Oh, People are going to listen. Me and Kevin do know? this shit. It's been so much fun. The way we came about it was, was nice. It was dope. You know, we've been through that story a million times, but um, personally, this has been therapy for me this has been great i can't i can't stress how cool this has been i've been able to talk to all my friends we planned this reunion that i'm taking my son to which is crazy andrew my boy's fucking 13 years old he, i mean he's going to uh ninth grade now that's crazy man fucking we, we gotta we had an opportunity to do this so we we're we're doing it and it's been pretty successful so far yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I you know when we first started talking about Terry, I'm sure like what, me or you or one both of us said like who the fuck would even listen to us? Turns out, people. <laughs> yeah, twenty five thousand plays later. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. That's fantastic, man. People listen, man. I mean, you know, there's some dude sitting at his house right now. You know, that's gonna listen to this. You know, a couple weeks from now, whenever. And he's gonna be like, man, I just really enjoy listening to guys talk shit, yeah. talk about nothing, or maybe they may say some shit that 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 is impactful to me, or maybe I can relate. You know, man, that's what we're hoping for, right? Like, we want people to be able to listen to it, and one, like, just be like, we've had people say, man, it's like I'm sitting in the room with them, just drinking beers with them, and just listening to their stories, and that's fucking awesome. And then you get these people that are like, man, like, I never, I never heard that perspective before. That that yeah. kind of opened my eyes to something. And other folks are like, man, like I'm not the only one. Yeah, you know what I mean. So <clears throat> it's been it's been it's been pretty fruitful, and um, we're definitely very grateful. Um, one for everybody that's been that's been willing to come on the show, and then two, everybody that's been willing to listen to it. Because fuck, man, if it, if it's not for the guests and if it's not for the listeners, then it's just me and Tyree just talking to each other, and who wants to listen to that? Yeah. Yeah. Make them listen, man. Make them listen, man. They'll listen. I mean, it's really cool talking to you guys. And and I, I told myself, man, don't get don't get too hood, man. Like, <laughs> don't drop f bombs, don't curse or whatever, because you never know who's listening, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. the truth of the matter is that we're all human, and anybody that would cast a stone, right, on 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 the, some of the shit that we're talking about, shame on you, man. Because I guarantee you, if I open anybody's fucking closet, a bunch of skeletons are coming out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and yeah. every single person who listens to this, they live in a glass house too. So 
Be slow to criticize and quick to commend. I would tell my P1s that all the time. Be slow to criticize. Gossip is a cancer, yeah. right? Judgment is a cancer, man. Anything negative that you have to say about anybody else is an absolute manifestation of how you feel about yourself, right? So, so whatever. Talk shit, but every time you point the finger at one person, there's three more pointing back right, right at you. So I, yeah. I, I could care less what, what people say or think at this point, this juncture in my life, you know? Cause, uh, yeah. cause I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, well, really I mean, it's a good feeling to be at that point. Right. I guess, you know, some would argue that you're just, you're just bitter and, and angry, but it's, it's really not, man. It's liberating when you, when you're at a place in life and you go, whatever, man, whatever, man. Like I've been through so much shit in my life. Like I could care less, dude. You don't put food on my table. Now don't get me wrong. Like, if, if my colleagues listen to this or if my boss is, is listening to this, you know, um, I don't think we've said anything off color or anything that would shock the conscience. Right. No, but, but, but I would still be very reserved in my, in rendering opinions on certain things or political issues or, or, or religious issues or anything that was a hot topic. Right. I mean, you gotta be smart about shit. You, you can't be running your mouth about something that's going to offend somebody. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I think that that's what some of the audience is looking for like, man, say some shit that's going to make me go, whoa, you know, like mm -hmm. they're, they're listening to you guys, not because they want to hear some shit that everybody else is going to say. They want to, they, they want to hear what everybody else is scared to talk about. Yeah. You know, I agree. we try to yeah. talk about it as much as we can, but we try still not to, not to specifically, get don't yeah, get canceled, bro. Not to specifically look for, uh, I'm going to try to make this person fucking bring up some heavy duty shit. Because I, yeah. you know, no, I'm not here to exploit people, but I do encourage people to say their truth, because you know, this is a platform where when you say it, this is it's here. Okay, you can always yeah. play it for somebody else and say, "Hey, this is me. This is me explaining how I am to these yeah. people." I mean, you don't know Kevin from a fucking hole in the wall. I mean, you know me, but it's been years. But we still yeah. had we were able to have this conversation a coherent conversation about a fucking whole bunch of topics. And it, it no one sounded ignorant during it, during those conversations. It was all articulate, smart shit. And I hope people understand that. It's not just us up here fucking talking and laughing and joking. Like we're trying to get a fucking point across. Yeah. So, yeah. and a couple of things on that, like when we first started, we, Tyree and I prided ourselves on, on 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 one big thing and we wanted it to be as raw and as natural as possible right so we didn't want to do a lot of censorship we didn't want to do a lot of like hey man we don't talk about this or this or this obviously yeah. we had to create some rules along the way um because we want to stick away from certain things but we still try to encourage this this raw conversation that is just absolute honest and in the moment so and i think that's one thing that i think separates us from other shows that are out there is that like we aren't scripted it's not narrated it's not there's nothing done in post-production that you know changes the overall theme or vibe of the entire show it's just the conversation that we're having currently is on recording and people get to listen to this and we we want that right because i think i don't know man it's <laughs> Well, I think, well, honestly, like doing a lot of additional shit in post-production to me makes it seem like, 
you know, there's, I listened to this podcast a while back. It was one of the ones that's not actually on that list that we're on and they're doing better than us. And I'm mad about it because I don't like how they do their show. They interview somebody and then they bring it back and they chop it up. And then they have a narrator ask the question. And then the interviewer an interviewee answers the question, but it's already been answered. Right. So it's just, it just makes it seem very impersonal. And this is like, this is three people having a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's easier to follow. It's more human. It's real. And we don't shy away from the more sensitive subjects when they come up. Um, and I think people appreciate that. And I think that's a big reason. And the stories that you guys have, because we are pretty picky about who we want on, right? We want yeah. to bring people on that are impactful, that um, can articulate what they're trying to say. And, yeah. um, and uh, you, know, you know, and we, we, want, we want people to hear those stories because those are the people that people relate to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you can pivot from, you know, very candid conversation about topics that are, you know, not as intense to, and then you can transition to like very, very um, relevant things and you can speak intelligently to them. I, I like that. I like, you know, that's why I listen to some, some very famous people on podcasts because they can be very candid but then they can transition mm-hmm. to and talk very intelligently about really relevant things in life. And I like that. I like that piece. We can laugh yeah. and joke, but we can be serious about some shit too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so hey, on that note, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, oh, I appreciate it, man. It, it, you, where you at? Man, I just stepped. I just stepped outside my house because uh, got some cheerins running around inside. So them, I had to step outside. Them cheerins. Let me get behind the tree so I can block the wind. Them little you know, cheerins. Them cheerins. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, I'm so happy to have had you on, man. Like, uh, as soon as you contacted me, I'm like, I gotta have him on. Man, because, like as soon said, as you, you did, like Tyree was like giddy with joy. You should have seen him. Yeah. Heard him. It's like, uh, like, like a uh, cool girl. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> It was like uh, nah, he's 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 and, and no lie, and I'm not not bullshitting you, man. Like he's he's mentioned you before, not by name, but he's mentioned you before in conversation with me over the years, and on the show. Um, yeah, so like, yeah, definitely glad you, you you came on, man. It's definitely nice to talk to somebody who had an like an impact on Tyree, you know, such an impact on him as as, as you have, and um, I'm grateful for that, right? Because you played an important part in how he became as a cop, which, you know, potentially could have been what saved his ass in that, in that job. Yeah. Maybe who knows, man. I I appreciate it, bro. Like, honestly, I'm flattered. I'm honored. I'm, I'm all those things that people say when they're just completely humbled by some nice things that are said about him. So, you know, I, I do care about you immensely Tyree and I, and I'm, I'm thankful that we got, we got this to happen, but we got to do it again, bro. Like in person, Oh, yeah. You know, you can come down to the, the cafe. We could do some shit here, mm-hmm. but this is not where it ends, man. We we gotta we gotta do something else. Oh no, this is only the beginning. And I also want to say to the people listening, we're look, we're looking for educators right now. Uh, to, to me, uh, Andrew was uh, I almost calling Gonzo because that's what I call him. But uh, Andrew was an educator. Okay, we love educators. We need people to teach that teach to come and talk to us. It'll be a great opportunity for you to tell us what you think can change, especially in the end today's climate with these fucking shootings and all kind of wild shit. 
the we have the government saying this and we have gun owners saying this and we have another group over here. Let's actually talk to the teachers and see what they think would help. Um, hopefully we can get that done like sooner than later. That'd be dope. That'd be dope, man. Yeah. If there's anything I could do to put you in touch with some people, man, uh, you know, let me know. I I got some educators in my family, so I'll let them know. Okay. Oh yeah, man. There we go. Cool. Yeah. All right, guys. So, uh, thank you for listening to before I forget, please like, listen and subscribe, share the show. This show will be out as usual on Monday. Uh, thank you. Oh, all right. Send me the link. I'm